Empower Radio presents the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, all things connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And with so much attention on women finding and taking their voices back, standing up against injustice, discrimination, harassment, and oppression of all kinds, we're seeing that women are poised and ready to lead the change we wish to see in the world. But what does that mean in practical terms? Not only do women have to stand up and lead in new models that represent their feminine leadership styles, but organizations, corporations, and the world at large have to adapt and be ready to receive this shift in leadership style, this shift in consciousness as well. Are we ready? I invite you to take a few deep breaths. Bring your awareness into this moment. Open your mind and heart and settle into your essential wholeness. As I introduce two guests to you today, they are founders and co-founders and co-custodians of Women Wise Center. Welcome, Annalou Smitsman and Justine Page. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Julie. Mm, Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, thank you both. Justine, it's nice to have you here. You're a new voice to the show, and um, we always enjoy having Anna Luce back. But I have a traditional first question here on the show, and um, I would love to to hear from you first with this question, because you're new to us and our listeners are new to you. So I'd love you to muse into this question for me. What does all things connected mean to you? Oh, my goodness. That's such a great question. Um, You know, and and it's something I think you grow into. For me, all things connected is really being uh, being being in full awareness and presence. Um, You know, that's a concept that I think didn't that I didn't fully understand till maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago or maybe, yeah, seven, 10 years ago, that that understanding of um, that we are all one being able to look at another person walking down the street and actually seeing myself in them. Um, you know, the same way in nature, it's, yeah, we, we are all connected. We are all one. Mm. We are all oneness. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So thank you for that, Justine. I, I appreciate that conversation. I'm just, I'm like seeing, us walking down the street and really being a, a a new way of being for us on the planet to really tap into that now in a whole different way, rather than it just being an idea or a thought or a or a um, conclusion of of science and the quantum field, but for really this embodied visceral response. Um, so thank you for saying that about even just walking down the street and, and looking around because this is what we're bringing here. And hopefully this conversation today can really expand upon what does this really mean when we, we embody our wholeness and we come into um just really birthing a, a new world as we're birthing ourselves into our greater wholeness too. And and here 
the two of you are birthing an ex expanded sense of who we are by creating WomenWise, the WomenWise Center. I would love for you guys to talk about this new venture of, of looking at women in leadership and women in their own sovereignty and authority and, and really this call and invitation to enter in conscious partnership with all of life. So what is this WomenWise community? What are we talking about? And whoever wants to start, I, I would love for that. Maybe Annalise, you want to talk about what is woman-wise? Mm, wonderful. Um, it's really bringing the feminine wisdom um, into the leadership. Uh, and a feminine wisdom from a custodianship perspective uh, for our collective life ability. So through woman-wise, we bring these new leadership models based on custodianship, based on stewardship for our collective life ability. Um, and that's, you know, exactly what you're saying earlier about this new way of, of being together and that there are some, you know, beautiful feminine um, values um, that as women uh, we like to share. And then when we're saying feminine, um, the feminine is, in, is, is also within the man, not just within the woman. And that it's time to bring the voice of the feminine in because this is kind of the voice that has been in the shadows for a long time. Uh, and been suppressed and not been honored. And that's why we can also see there's been uh, a huge imbalance. Um, but it's really important. And that's uh, the invitation that we share through Woman Wise is that sense of the partnership. Yeah? Uh, partnership between man and woman, uh, woman and woman, man and man, uh, human beings and nature, <laughs> human mm. beings and, and non-human beings. Yeah. Um, it comes from a sense of ourness. Uh, it comes from a sense of family and uh, kinship. Some of the foundations you find of uh, for us as woman wise and some of these foundations of my earlier journey was based on uh, what I've learned from the Australian Aborigines um, and their practices uh, of uh, one of them is called, for example, of Kanjini, which means uh, love with responsibility, ourness, uh, you know, ourness as family. Um, and that as women, we have a very, you know, kind of intuitive, natural sense of that uh, as the caretakers for our planetary family. And if we really think that through, then that means also what does it mean? Uh, oursness and our sense of family with all the beings of life. That's why I said earlier, also the non-human beings. What does it mean if we apply these principles and these values economically? What kind of economic systems can we bring forth in that way? What does it mean in terms of organizational development, of um, family and um, family life professional balance? Yeah? All these kind of meeting points in terms of how we take care of our planetary resources and we share this. Um, so, you know, we, it, it gives us, from woman-wise, um, we really bring that conversation in every sphere of life. Uh, and we bring that conversation to the intersection of many, many different sectors and activities and different groups meet to hold space for that uh, emergence. Yeah. 
Yeah, the, thank you for that. You you brought in the the terms custodianship and stewardship, and I think that differentiates um, our traditional leadership models with what the feminine model is bringing forward. Justine, can you speak a little bit more about custodianship and stewardship and what that means to you, and how that's different than traditional leadership? Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think um, leadership we really associate with more of a the um, and that's purely because of our, our habits in society, but more a masculine structure that's really fact-based and 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 more kind of um, rigid. Whereas the feminine leadership, it really comes from a deeper knowing, a deeper wisdom. Um, and 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 as women, we just have that immediate connection uh, as mothers our, ourselves. We naturally are nurturing, and there's nothing with with wrong with one way or another way. But there's a need for the two types of leadership to really come together. So, so something that Anna Luce and I, when we first started talking about this, we were very aware that there's this big shift happening in the world, and there's so much empowerment for women, and but there's there's a danger of the paradigm being shifted from the um, masculine leadership all of a sudden to um, female or women empowerment and it's all about women and we forget about the men. That's not what this is about. It's really about women leading the way that we take the men along with us and we, we, we shine the light on this path that we've just forgotten. It's always been there. And as Annalise is making reference to the Australian Abor- Ab- Aborigines in the same way Native American uh, Native Americans have a way of a remembering of how things were before. Everybody played a role. There was no power struggle or talk of one way of leading, you know, as opposed to another. Everybody had their purpose. Everybody had their role. And I think, I think as custodians, it's really restoring that, but also being the gatekeepers of that. So once these structures are put back into place, it's, it's really understanding how we're just, we're just going back to, um, to remembering the way things were, which we've just lost our way. Beautiful. I thank you. I appreciate presencing that this this isn't about women taking over the world it really is about bringing balance and harmony back into both the masculine and the feminine and and also it's really not about which i think we've been through the season of women coming into their power masculine and women leading with their masculine, within a masculine paradigm. And so really it's a shift coming back into um, balance here. And, and I really appreciate you also mentioning that the deeper knowing and the deeper wisdom, that this is really about our wholeness and our interconnectedness with all of life and that everyone plays a role in that. Everyone has a purpose within this greater collective. It's beautiful. I I just want to ask either one of you, whoever wants to jump in here, how do we embody this? How do we practice this as both men and women? We'll get into the organizational part later in the show because I think it's important to look at how, how can organizations, groups, communities receive it. But as women and men, 
how do we really embody these feminine principles now and bring this leadership style into practice? Mm, can we go? <laughs> go ahead. Um, um, I'll uh, build further from what Justine so beautifully shared. So coming back again to custodianship, and that will bring you to the practical application. Yeah, There's another word that's really important with custodianship, which is different from the traditional models of leadership, and that's the word trust. Mm. And um, and that and the word trust means what are we entrusted with? So as a custodian, you see your responsibility as a caretaker and a caregiver, because you understand that um, knowledge, information, relationships, networks, resources, all of that is given to you in trust, and the trust that is that it's given with is that you're going to honor that for the good of the whole. So the focus is not on uh, me, 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 <laughs> and what can I just benefit from this? But it's understanding that um, the only way that I can benefit is also when all of us benefit and that we really support the growth and the well-being and the flourishing and the thrivability of the good of the whole in the most ecological ways. Yeah? So this element of trust um, and when you see yourself as a custodian, as a as a caretaker, as a caregiver, uh, as a steward, you you have this parenting role towards the potentialities um, that by taking right responsibility and this kind of congenial responsibility, responsibility with love uh, for that, um, that we're supporting that in its developmental stages to be to be emerging and born and come into materialization in the most wholesome, healthy way. Uh, and that if we're looking at, for example, first with us, how would we apply that as in, in yourself? Um, how The question is simply to ask yourself, how do I grow? What's my growth impulse? What resources do I use to grow? Um, do I always have to push myself and, uh, you know, make myself grow in extreme ways or... Am I open to embracing gentle growth, for example? Uh, how do I see success? Do I see success if I achieve uh, certain standards or I earn this much money or uh, have that many networks or have this particular promotion? Or is success really also, you know, how do I see that in terms of our overall well-being and happiness? Yeah? Um, how do we see progress? Uh, is progress linear and exponential growth always I need to get to accumulate more and more? What's progress in that if accumulation of more creates more loss, more deprivation, uh, more destruction around us? So you know, the practical applications is, is really in terms of how are we holding these values? How are we holding the parameters? How are we holding the principles which inform the standards that we set? For ourselves, for others, for our community, for our family, for our extended relationships, for our organizations, for our governance. goes all the way through. Yeah, I just want to really pause there because um, as I'm just hearing you talk about these feminine principles, I, I love the words caretaker and caregiver as a leadership model that that go in with the custodianship and the stewardship and what's entrusted to us. So I'm seeing this as not just um, out for me 
or out from my organization, like what's the best for the bottom line of my organization, we really begin to see the interconnectivity of all things, that my organization is part of a larger system, that I'm entrusted with the care of the earth and the planet, as well as my family in my role as leadership within whatever that might be, community, organization, corporation, whatever that might be. Wow, Justine, can you expand on that a little bit more? Because really it's a whole new way of looking at our leadership role if we're really entrusted with all things. The the mm. greater good, the good of the whole means not just this organization that I'm leading at this time. It really means a deeper commitment and um, stewardship to something even greater. Absolutely. It's, all, it's almost being able to rise above the mundane day-to-day responsibilities and see the bigger picture. And I love how you just touched upon the bottom line. You know, just um, as early as maybe 20 years ago, even, we, w- we would only talk about um, the bottom line being profit. You know, I, I think it was during the 80s, um, was it the Wall Street movie when Michael Douglas said, greed is good. Mm. And that's when everything started going downhill. You know, it was all about profit. It was all about profit. Then all of a sudden, you know, the next sort of popular thing was, um, oh, you've got to take care of profit and your people because people are your biggest assets. And if you don't have your people, then how are you going to be generating profit and running your company? And then we started talking about the triple bottom line, profit, people, planet. And that all sounds wonderful, but it's still, you know, people, profit, planet for what? It's for the good of the whole. And this is why with the Women Wise Leadership Model, we talk about thrivability because it's all, it's those three, these three things together, but something else holds it together. Mm. This oneness, this wholeness. Um, and to, to also just um, talk to your question earlier about embodiment, and I love that you use the word um, balance, and you and you mirrored that back to me. It, it absolutely is. It's exactly that. It is balance, and 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 the embodiment. I believe we've just been stuck in our heads for way too long, and it's really being able to reconnect with um you know that that inner knowing that that gut feeling that 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 wisdom that that lives in us and it's not in our head it's our gut feeling it's there there's a different way that we know when something is right and when something is just not aligned mm-hmm. and we just have to have really come back to that that our that our body is the you know the most exquisite instrument that you that we have that really knows and 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 can tell us exactly when we are aligned with our deeper truth and when we are of course and i loved when um Anna Lucy also mentioned values because something else that 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 we um <laughs> spend many many hours talking about values and and how you know we we set these values for ourselves or 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 companies set values for for themselves and it's all you know great work and it's yeah fantastic these values then get painted on 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 walls and reception areas and it becomes wallpaper 
and mm. nobody really connects with these words. They just become these empty shells. So to embody these, you know, the values that we have as or an organization has or an individual has, you have to live by these values. They have to, you become them, you actually feel them in every cell of your being. If you don't, it's, it's like, and I heard this wonderful quote, these aren't my words, but I heard this wonderful quote recently. It's like naming, giving your name, um, giving your child a name and calling that parenthood. Mm. If you just give values a name and stick them in a drawer or print them on fancy postcards for everybody to stick in their wallet, and that's parent. <laughs> you know, it's, mm. I love that. For me, it's like that's exactly it. If you don't live it, if if you don't check in with yourself, oh, you know, are these really my values? You just, you know, you know. Yeah, yeah. You just wow. Yeah. So it really is this embodiment and practice of living yes. our values, both personally yes. and professionally. Thank you for that, Justine. You know, I, 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 we need to take a break here in just a minute, but I, I really want to put an exclamation point on your conversation about the, the profit people and planet and the evolution of that is, has still been very masculine and in our heads. And um, I, I think that what you are talking about, both of you with the woman wise center here is really a whole new evolution of all of that for the good of the whole. It's really not just thinking about profit people and planet or including that in our bottom line it really is so much more than that and the 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 synergistic convergence of stewardship of all of that is is taking all of this whole conversation to a new level we need to take a quick break we are here with Anna Luce Smithsman and Justine Page as we sit here and talk about women leading the change that we want to see in the world and after the break we're going to muse into is the world ready are our organizations our communities our corporations ready you're going to hear our thoughts on that when we return we'll be right back This is the sound of salmonella gyrating on your undercooked chicken. And it looks like mom might be taking it out a little early. Don't let salmonella get funky with your chicken. On average, one in six Americans will get a foodborne illness this year. So use a thermometer to cook each type of meat to the right temperature. Keep your family safe at foodsafety.gov. Brought to you by the USDA, HHS, and the Ad Council. Let's go, guys! Hey, did you guys know that kids who play sports earn more money when they grow up? 
Of course. I I knew that. Hey, did you guys know that kids who read books have a bigger vocabulary? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> wow, Jinx. <laughs> did you guys know that friendly children have more friends? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That's true. I knew that. Did you guys know that winter babies are better at music? Everyone knows that. <laughs> oh, yeah? yeah? It's pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. obvious. Oh, hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? Didn't know that. I'm pretty sure I knew that. I'm pretty sure you didn't. Parents who really know it all know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. So you see, son, good manners are very, very important. Someday, many years from now, when you're a grown-up, you'll be a man. And when you are, you should be a gentleman. Do you want me to go through it one more time? Yes. Yes, please. Yes, please. Exactly. Always say please, thank you, you're welcome, and excuse me. Sit up straight, hold doors open for ladies. If a door's shut, then knock first. Don't burp, don't swear, don't speak with your mouth full, don't reach across people's plates, keep your elbows off the table. What table? And don't interrupt. While we're at it, don't stare, don't use foul language, don't call people names, but do remember people's names. Always share your toys, play nice, and cover your mouth when you cough or sneeze. On the bus, give up your seat to anyone who has trouble standing. Bottom line, treat others the way you'd like to be treated. Got it? Got it. And stop picking your nose. Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. But spending just two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. For fun two-minute videos to watch while brushing, visit 2min2x.org. That's 2min2x.org. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Miles, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org slash caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. An entire station devoted to your personal development. Welcome to Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. see these new feminine leadership models into the heart of our economic, political, cultural, and, and social system here? Because for me, and, I, and I'd love to hear you expand too, Annalise, if you want to jump in, it's more than the triple bottom line at this point. It's more than profit, people, and planet. How do we see this new feminine models into our, our world today? Mm, that's a very good question. Well, very often for organizations to be willing to make space for something new, unfortunately, they have to recognize that what's not working first. <laughs> you oh. know, when people, yeah, when people feel like everything is successful in making huge amounts of money, there's very often not an incentive to innovate. Um, so quite often when we are working with the organizational change uh, and, and bringing and seeding these, these kind of new dimensions into the organization um, is first for people to really recognize, are we growing um, to our full potential? 
uh, are we growing in a way that that, that is is thriveability? Are we thriving? Are we flourishing? Um, yeah. Or as Justine earlier was saying, is our sole focus been on our financial bottom line? Are we forgetting everything else? So that brings back then the question: When we do these processes with organization, we ask them, "Where do you really see your purpose here?" And uh, or we call that sometimes, "What is your license to exist as an organization?" If you don't bring added value to our planet, then what are you doing here? It's mm. it's a tough tough question to ask, you know. <laughs> Um, but this is one that organizations going to have to ask themselves because, you know, they're using also a lot of resources and uh, they have a responsibility. Um, so, you know, um, what's your license to exist? What's your license to operate? Uh, how do you justify and what's the, what's the added value that you bring? And, um, so coming again back values, added values. So where we are seeding it is quite often exactly in those areas where we see the imbalance, where we see the challenges. And, and most of the time it comes back to this is that, especially in the corporate world, uh, people are complaining that they feel they are treated like machines. They just have to work, work, work for the money. They feel the heart of the organization is missing. Um, and they don't feel that the, the vision is alive, as Justine was saying earlier, you know, nice, uh, nice words on the wallpaper. Um, and they don't feel that it's really also a shared vision or collective vision. This, this is where we begin our conversation. Mm. And this is when we are asking ourselves, so what if you could be an amazing organization, have really beautiful growth in all areas, not just financial, but an economic growth, for example, that is regenerative growth, that is a value addition um and deeply ecological um and so to really uh, embrace the wholeness of what is possible and also within organizational design and that brings then another aspect of where the where the feminine wisdom comes in and that is uh, a conversation around collective intelligence because mm. if your leadership model is that the success of my organization is dependent on the intelligence of uh, x y and z at the top uh, then you haven't yet understood uh, what this new paradigm of leadership is about. Yeah? Organizations that really lead the way and organizations that are leaders for our thrive abilities, they, they have understood that the strength of the organization is really in how they have embedded and can utilize and continue to develop the collective intelligence. And that leadership then becomes a quality of the system, not just of one person. It's not person dependent. Because whenever it is person-dependent only, you have hierarchical models. Wherever if it is leadership and stewardship and custodianship is a quality of the system, so everyone shares that sense of collective responsibility for the good of the whole of the organization and the good of the whole of the organization as a contribution to the good of the whole of the larger extended communities, yeah? you have a completely different organizational model, you see? And you don't get these hierarchical models anymore then. Wow. So thank you for that. That is so clarifying. And I'm, I'm thinking about organizational design and literally almost every organization on the planet right now was created in a hierarchical structure. So do yeah. we wait, do we wait till things break down and then they call on you as a consultant or others and say, we need to do something different or what else can we be doing to inform and, and help make this transition easier for us as really 
and I'm going to say this and I guess open this to you, Justine, to respond to, but I really see and believe that anything built in that hierarchical structure, the patriarchal structure is not sustainable and, and won't last. So as everything's breaking down on the planet, what can we do to gentle this birth and this transition into a new way of leading? Oh, thanks, Julie. That's a great question. And you are doing it. It's starting the conversation. It's, it's having these conversations and, and to somebody, something here will just land and will all of a sudden open a different way of um, looking at this, this paradigm that we're in. The, the word leadership, we just associate with, oh, well, the, the, these are people on the top and that doesn't affect me or what can I do? You know, I'm this one person, you know, I can't affect this. I've got to wait for my leaders to... To, to change and, and, and lead the way. You know, that's how we look at leadership. And that is no longer, um, no, no long. I mean, it's never been true. We've given our power away mm. to our, to our bosses, to our leaders. We've given our power away. What we're doing now, and I, I, I believe it's already happening through a greater awakening is we're slowly reclaiming that power as women. We've given our power away. We're just taking our power to be able to act on our own behalf. This isn't this isn't a power struggle. It's just what was once mine, I now want it back. I realize I've given it away. I now want it back. And I can I can really speak to this. Um, I you know I get so passionate about this because I've spent twenty years in, in corporate America and I, you know, starting out as a twenty year old straight out of college, um working in a team where I was the only, the only woman, I had to be like one of the boys and, you know, and pretend when comments were made that, oh, it was okay. I could laugh along with everybody, you know, I could, um, take this on the chin. Um, and that's not the way, and that's not the way because, and it never felt right. Now that I've can look at this with a 20 year perspective, I can say, wow, you know, and I can, I've got two, two girls. I can now show my girls a new way. And the new way is that you, you stand up for yourself. And if something doesn't feel right, you speak up. There's a reason we stand on shoulders of women who fought for the right to vote for the fought for the right to have a voice. You now have this voice, use that voice. It's your God-given right. Use that voice. So the way we change and is the world ready? Well, we've got no time to be getting ready for the getting ready. It's, yes. it's, it's, it's now or never. And the way the change is happening is every single individual is a leader. In your own world, you might be a leader in your household. You might be a leader with your children. You might be a leader in your small community, and you might be leading a corporation. It's the way you show up, and you show up in that, in you know, in your con congruent self. And and you know what's right. Yeah. It, there's just you just know what what what's right when you show up that way, and you're leading by just exam by your own example of being and being aware of what's going on. And if there's something you don't like, you voice it, you seed it, you elect yourself. 
Nice. You, you know, Justine, that's an important point right there is so many people will say, well, I'm not a leader. Well, I'm not a leader. I, you know, I just, I'm an artist or I'm not a leader. I'm, I'm a writer. Or I'm, I'm just, a, just to this, just to that. Everyone, this is the invitation for everyone to step into their own personal voice and sovereignty and lead their life. Like literally we're inviting people to occupy your own life and lead it forward and in, in tune with these, these new energies and what wants to be born here. Absolutely. Mm. I'll also just say something else very quickly because um, Anna Luce has um, touched upon, you know, um, in the corporate world or um, the way we kind of look at, how we take care of the planet. Oh, there's been this fantastic thing, um, corporate social responsibility, CSR. It's such a horrible <laughs> three-letter, you know, it's it means nothing anymore because companies mm -hmm. are kind of like, oh, yeah, just that's 2% of my biannual, biannual uh, profit. Here you go. Just um, donate it to somebody. Just um, outsource it. Oh, let's give this money to X, Y, Z. There we go. Done. It's not about that really corporate social responsibility is for every single individual taking responsibility and that responsibility starts with you it's like you know the plane is um <laughs> falling out of the sky the mask falls out of the ceiling you put it on yourself first before you put it on the child you take responsibility for yourself because it's only then can you take responsibility for your community for your environment for the planet for the whole Wow, powerful, powerful statement right there, and and so true. Thank you for presencing that. You, you know, um, I am sitting here listening to you, and really, the invitation of of being self empowered is so important, and inviting those values in, inviting that custodianship. There's a lot of really beautiful feminine principles that we're, we're bringing into this conversation here. I'm curious, Anna Luce, um, are we, are you, um, but in this movement, are we as a collective, are you prescribing a specific model now or are you going into corporations, organizations and systems and allowing the system to self-organize and evolve into a more holistic, balanced leadership design here? Are you good prescribing question. something good, specific? Yeah. Good question. Um, because every organization is, is different. So you have to always meet people from where they're at and see for how far you can, can go with them. Yeah. So that's the first thing. Um, and so there is, we, we never work prescriptive, but we work developmentally. Mm. So what that means is that we create conditions for learning. And we create conditions for the collective intelligence from the unconscious to the conscious to emerge. Yeah. And then we create the conditions with the people um, for embedding that and anchoring that as well. And then we're looking at what are the attractors. So what are the affordances within organizations? It's like conditions of support. But also it's very important to know what are the attractors because we can be having positive attractors working towards in the direction of where we want to see the change. But you can also have negative attractors yeah, that keep people stuck in the old model. So these will be what we would identify the barriers. So it's in, mm. so it's really um, so when you have the the organization, you have the what people 
see as the conscious, <laughs> same as people, and you have the unconscious and you have also the shadow of the organization. Yeah? Uh, so when you're supporting an organizational change uh, and, and you're bringing in also these, these kind of feminine principles or leadership models, uh, it's really working with the whole organization, also the deep unconscious, also the organizational wounds, also the organizational shadow, also the organizational collective memory. Yeah? Yeah. Um, because if you don't open up all these different layers, but safely, in the right way, um, then it's just lip service. Then what you see is that people, act, they talk the change, but they are not being the change. And you have more cognitive dissonance in the organization. So then on the paper, on, on the report, we see all these wonderful values and wonderful aspirations. And But when you really go into deep evaluation, uh, you find that people feel it's not coherent. It's not what we talked about earlier, alignment, synergy, harmonization. Yeah? You don't see these three as a trinity. And um, so there is a very specific process. There's a very specific sequence that we work with as a developmental process. And we start, therefore, also by having an evaluation. What are your growth models? Uh, yeah. What are your strategies? What are the policies that you have uh, and the strategies that you're driving for these policies? What is your organizational culture and your practices? And why? Um, you know, what are the catalysts within your organizations? What are the people that are the nurturers in the organizations? What are the people that are the lighthouses in your organizations? Are these people really acknowledged? Are these people seen? Yeah. So these are kind of the different dimensions that we're working with. And um, added to that, um, this conversation about readiness is really important. And what we also ask in the question to organizations, are we, are we ready for collapse? Are we ready for climate change uh, getting worse? Yeah. Are we ready for extreme weather events? No, we're not. <laughs> mm. So, you know, if we're not ready for all these kind of worse outcomes and we are not ready for creating ecosystemic imbalances to the point of irreversible damage, then we better be ready for what we need to do in order to stop that. Mm. You know, the, thank you for that. Are we ready? And as a systemic um, organization, just thinking about the rest of the world, it, it, yeah. it's one thing to say, are you ready to change how you structure your organization and, and the culture and the strategies that you implement? But are we really ready for this major thing yesterday um yeah. here in nebraska we had this blizzard major blizzard and we don't think about external circumstances but the whole almost the whole state shut down yesterday where no one was working and those are the kinds of things that we need to talk about when we're looking at other organizations and systems breaking down that we're interdependent with yes big yes. conversation that's the key, because we can no longer afford to just think about, oh, what's my right? Or what's only my responsibility? Because it connects to, you know, we need to understand the reality where we are now. Uh, is this in Cape Town, they're going to zero water now. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, can you, can you imagine what it means to have no water? There's many more uh, countries that, that, you know, that are in this position now. So what does what my success and my career and my ideas and my plans all mean <laughs> when there is no water 
uh, for drinking or for keeping our societies going um, when there is extreme weather events, weather events, um, you know, what, what does it all mean when we have uh, food scarcity? So it, it's almost like we're living in these bubbles. So we are still having all these wonderful policies and plans and ambitions and ideas. They're not, they're not grounded in the reality of where we are right now. And that kind of should reinform us, really getting touch base with what's going on, and then saying, wow, how do we redesign now, knowing this? Our organizations and our activities in such a way that we drastically reduce our impacts, our ecological footprints, yeah? that we have really drastically changed. And I'm putting here drastic, I know it's a word that especially business leaders, they, they don't like that. Uh, because we like change to be more gradual, but it's like we still have a small window where we can design for the change. And if we don't awaken to that and and really are fully committed to that, then the change is enforced on us by the impacts that we have generated from long before. You know, the warnings have been coming over and over again. And um, you know the. The positive in the negative, so to say, is that sometimes we innovate the best. Our innovative potential is accelerated mm-hmm. when we, you know, when we are most constrained, because then we have to renew. Yeah? We have to be yeah. most creative. Um, and this is where we're holding that intention, but also to really bring it down, um, you know, bring it down where we are in order to then lift up through our connectedness. Beautiful. I'm. Thank you. I, I want to just kind of pull this all together as we we come to the close of the show, and ask you each. I'm going to start with you, Justine. What is your highest vision of women leading the change now? What? How will that make a difference? How will it make an impact? And and what will the positive result in the world be when? we're ready for this and and we really embody the practice of of women stepping into their fullest potential as leading um my big no it's a huge question and i and i have the answer um and and and, i mean this is something anna luce and i have in, in in have visions together um it's heaven on earth Mm. You know, we can create, I mean, heaven is here. It's just that we've, we've lost our way. I, I heard this um, beautiful interview once with Dr. Blue, um, Bruce um, Lipton, who described how as human beings, we come from love, we are love. But unfortunately, in our current state, we only experience that and truly live in that euphoric feeling for maybe 3% of our entire lives. And that's during moments of falling in love, looking at our newborn for the very first time, experiencing something, experiencing something amazing. They're just moments, moments. But if we live that way for the 97% of our time here, we would have heaven on earth. So it's through that embodiment, through that real, just really checking in, why are we here? You know, what is this about? I, I think that, that that's the way, that 
we can find our way back. Mm. Thank you, Justine. That's beautiful. Anna Luz, what's your highest vision? Mm, that we, we made the transition from the age of information to the age of wisdom. That we were successful in this course redirection. <laughs> um, so that we can really say 50 years from now, you know what? We woke up in time. And enough of us realized what was going on and we understood what our responsibilities as custodians for this world and for the future generation means and at 50 years from now you know we're standing in this place as uh, we faced the challenge um, and we really st stood up um, for the good of the whole we accepted the challenge we embraced what it meant for each of us we've gone through this and we have now understood uh, how to design and grow uh, our societies based on the wisdom that our planet has always shared with us. Uh, that we really understood we are nature. And uh, we are a force of love for the good of the whole. Beautiful. A force of love for the beauty, for the good of the whole. Thank you for that. Okay, so in just a few minutes here, I would love to hear personally from each of you as well. You are both strong, feminine leaders. What does it feel like to really embody this in your world and to literally practice and and do this that we're talking about everyone is is leading themselves and everyone has a part to play everyone has a purpose here what does it feel like for you as a strong feminine leader in our world today justine it feels liberating it, it feels free to finally be able to have the the courage and confidence to to speak up and and not feel like I need to be something that I'm not because that's what's ex expected by society. And I, and I think we're living at a beautiful time to be able to really do this and show up fully as ourselves. Beautiful. Anna Luce. <laughs> it's, um, it feels like, you know, this is goddess with eight arms. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it's been coming to me. It's like, because the time really is now and it's such a huge demand for it. So some, I very often feel like I have to be this goddess with eight arms because there's so many projects simultaneously happening and you kind of have to have skills in every area for, for you know, writing proposals, building the community, training other people, <laughs> leading the change. Um, it's it's really like multitasking to a whole other level. It's like being motherhood, <laughs> not for the younger <laughs> children, but like for all the children. Um, so in some ways it's a huge uh, stretch, but it's also um, because you're expanding your, I mean, I myself, I'm expanding myself so much in order to, to really, really, know to give to what is required now and uh, and it's a huge responsibility and at the same time it's gratitude um because you know it's like having a beautiful sister like justine and yourself um because we're doing this together and that is just so wonderful and um, gives so much joy also in this journey 
Mm, thank you. Your your voice and your tone just kind of relaxed into that. I feel that eight-armed goddess thing going too at times. And it's like, ah. <laughs> so your voice and, and the intensity was there. And then you came back into that feminine receptive place and went, yeah, yeah. it feels so good. And it is about connection and community and, and networking. There's so much there. So we are juggling so much, but but it's real. We have the capacity. Yes. That's it. We do. And the heart. <laughs> the heart. Grounding the force of love um, for the good of the whole. That's what we're doing here. So thank you both so much for joining us. I just want to remind our listeners that we've been talking with co-founders of the Woman Wise Center, Justine Page and Annalise Smitsman. You can find out so much more about the Woman Wise Project here at womanwisecenter.org. Thank you both for joining with me today and musing into these. This is really big topic, and and all these next best best steps are lining up here. So we will continue this topic because it's an important movement and moment on our planet. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you both. So so much. Mm, thank you so much, Shelly. Thank you. Yes. Well, thank yeah. you, Annalise. And just one quick question, because we just have a few seconds here. The Earthwise Center is not just for Mauritius and your work there. This is a global project that we're, we're bringing into a greater awareness here on the planet, correct? Exactly. And WomanWise is an initiative of Earthwise Center. Uh, she also has her own website. It's womanwisecenter.org. So if you go earthwisecenter.org or womanwisecenter.org, you'll find everything there. And I see that Justine is back with us now. So yes, yeah, I'm sorry about what happened. Thank you so much, Julie. <laughs> thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank Such you. I was, yeah, a joy having you here. And I just want to leave you listeners with one more invitation because the invitation here is to really listen to the call for us to enter into conscious partnerships and co-creative synergies based on mutual respect and appreciation for both the feminine and masculine principles rooted in wisdom. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, together, we're creating connections for the good of the whole. Until next time, I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.